Welcome everyone to another episode of our podcast. Today we have Karim Namour, Lebanese loyal, uh, lawyer, sorry, <laughs> legal researcher and host of Kanuni Break podcast. Thank you for being with us Thank today. you for having me. Um, today we're going to be talking about the current state of affairs of LGBTQ policies and how it's impacting um, the day-to-day and mostly we're going into some of the court cases that have happened around mm. um, the, for the community um, and the, just a little bit on the judicial system and its impact on, on this issue. So to start with, we're going to be tackling um, the status of the queer community in Lebanon and where it stands today. So can you give us a little bit more intel about it? Uh, okay, so basically, uh, when we start talking about the status of L- the LGBTIQ plus community in Lebanon, we cannot not mention the status of the law. So uh, uh, what needs to be mentioned is Article 534 of the Penal Code in Lebanon uh, that basically states that any carnal conjunction against the order of nature is punishable by law. Okay. Uh, to give a little bit of context, uh, context this uh, article uh, uh, of the law was uh, drafted in French because mm-hmm. it was written during the French, French man- mandate. This is when the, uh, a lot of our laws were issued, including the criminal law. Uh, and so basically it's a translation from the French that uses the terms toute conjonction charnelle contre l'ordre de la nature. Um, As you can see, even when we say it in in English and any carnal conjunction against the order of nature, it's a very broad term, it's a very vague term. It doesn't specific, yeah. It's not specific, it doesn't specify the LGBT community per se, it doesn't say homosexuals per se or same sex. So it uses that wording, I'm gonna get back to that, but it's important to note something. It was it was established and drafted and promulgated basically during the French mandate. Yeah. And why is this important? Because whenever we are told right now when uh, uh, there are activists that work on the LGBTIQ uh, uh, rights or uh, causes, mm. we often hear from opponents, uh, oh, these are values that come from the West. And so this is not very, uh, 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 this is alien to us. This yeah. is not very, that's not, not, that, that, that has nothing to do with our, of our culture, etc. Yeah. But when we go back to when this was actually first criminalized in Lebanon during the French, French mandate in the 30s, in fact, the criminalization of uh, uh, the LGBTIQ community is the value that came from the West. Yeah. So it's important to actually break that narrative because this is actually what happened. It's and it's true. not the, the opposite. And again, within that context, uh, the law was drafted during uh, the French mandate during the Vichy era. So uh, France was basically governed by the Vichy government that was very close to the Nazi regime and uh, basically very conservative, uh, despotic rather. (laughs) And and, uh, uh, a lot of the laws that they uh, imposed upon their colonies or mandated countries, etc. Let's just say colonies because it's actually more accurate. Uh, were really inspired by this authoritarian regime, by the Nazis. So, and, and so basically, we can say that Article 534 uh, uh, is inherited from the Nazi regime through France to Lebanon and to other uh, colonies and mandated countries around the world that were basically oh colonized, colonized by, by the, the French. French and the British. That's true. So when we worked a little bit on on that article uh, from a legal point of view, we were able to collaborate a lot with colleagues from Kenya, for instance, or from India, who had very similar texts because it is a direct product of colonialism. Right. So so basically, when when we say we want to abolish this article or to fight it or to actually issue verdicts that 
uh, don't apply it to the LGBTIQ community. Yeah. It's a form. Yeah. Of, it's it's yet another form of decolonization yeah. that we're undertaking. A lot of people think that the man, French mandate ended in the in the, in the mid 40s in Lebanon. It's but not, technically, we still it's still we all of our our um, a lot our of constitution is here. also French based. No, uh, it is. Uh, a lot of the laws yeah. are, but the problem is not here. The problem is. Uh, and I often give that example of, of uh, labor law uh, mm. because uh, the French mandate uh, uh, ended, but a lot of uh, French companies still had privileges in Lebanon, including oh. the fact that um, they did not fall under Lebanese jurisdiction for a couple of years until oh, yeah. there were like landmark court rulings that said otherwise. But uh, the, the mandate era did not end uh, when it officially did. Okay. It lasted beyond that point yeah. in the laws, in the practice. And Article 534 is another remnant of that uh, period of yeah. colonization that stayed with us until today. So it's important to put it in that perspective. Okay. Hello. Again, let's go back to the text. The text is, is quite vague yeah. and and already I can tell you it basically contravenes with our other principles and uh, general principles of uh, uh, criminal law or uh, penal law. Uh, when we say criminal law, yeah. uh, automatically we go to a form of um, Uh, uh, um, um, when we think of the penalty, we think of mm -hmm. people being arrested, so deprivation of uh, the right. freedom to yeah. come and go. So in laws that are that restrictive, yeah. such laws, there's a principle of, uh, it's, it's not the law of the abstract, it's the law of, uh, it's the law of the, of the uh, accurate. So it needs to use very uh, uh, clear Evidence. wording oh. uh, in order not to be open to interpretation. And again, mm -hmm. we are arresting people based on that. Not yeah. just on Article 54. Yeah. In general, in criminal law, it's the law that basically deprives you from your, your freedom to come and go. Yeah. It cannot be vague. Like, no. Otherwise, you are leaving a huge margin to the judiciary to interpret it widely it is, yeah. based on their um, convic uh, con convictions. Their own bias as well. Yeah. And their own bias, exactly. So it already contravenes with the general principle of law yeah. that criminal laws need, need to be uh, precise, exact and clear. Unfortunately, <laughs> that uh, article of law, any carnal conjunction against the order of nature, was widely interpreted as uh, being applicable to uh, homosexual relationships. Yeah. Uh, considering that uh, uh, homosexual relationships it's were against natural, yeah. the order of nature. And again, this is a very philosophical concept. I, I'm not really sure anyone, anyone yeah. <laughs> can tell you what is uh, for or against the order of nature. I mean, we see homosexual uh, uh, couples yeah. in the animal kingdom, for instance. So uh, we're not, uh, yeah. wha wha how are you basing what is for or against nature? Unfortunately, again, uh, 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 at, for, for a long time, for a couple of decades, the judiciary and police forces had a very um, uh, uh, wide interpretation of that term. Yeah. Uh, and they, they arrested people uh, uh, for practicing same sex. They even, I, I, when I was in college, I found a, a, a court verdict criminalizing a straight couple for a practicing uh, anal sex because they considered What? that this was against the order of nature <laughs> and it's it's actually a, a oh we're talking about really large scale of yes. interpretation that yes. they can just do it okay yeah. so wow. basically it's it's like uh, judges were basically saying like the judiciary was basically saying that the only reason why you would have sex is to procreate which is a contradiction on its own because in the 80s when the legislator yeah. Uh, uh, basically uh, legalized uh, 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 contraception, any form of contraception, sort of admitted that no, people do have sex for pleasure and not only to have kids. Yeah. So this, is, this also uh, shows the uh, intention of the legislator yeah. to admit that 
sexual relations can happen for pleasure and not yeah. just for procreation. So already this con uh, contradicts a little bit the very exactly. uh, um, conservative approach to yeah. sexual relations. Uh, furthermore, uh, even if we wanted to have a very conservative look at Article 534, even if we said, okay, you know what, mind you, this actually is applicable to homosexual relationships. Yeah. So even if I wanted to take that stance, the article says any carnal conjunction. So at the very basic yeah. uh, uh, um, thing we need to agree on is that there should be a sexual intercourse because yeah. conjunction, this is what it means in French, if you interpret it yeah. uh, uh, conservatively. The problem is that even on that part, there was a very wide interpretation of the law because uh, we, we've seen a lot of uh, uh, court cases where people were uh, arrested for either looking feminine, if they were men. Yeah. Uh, uh, I haven't seen any court case, by the way, applicable to same sex, uh, um, to uh, two females. I, okay. uh, mostly, mostly it's, it's two, two uh, males. Uh, but I've seen it on cases related to people who just admitted they were gay okay. or who did not look uh, a tradition, what tradition, what at actually society traditionally sees as a man should uh, yeah. look or act, yeah. etc. And they were basically arrested and prosecuted on that basis. Wow. So it was a very wide interpretation until we reach from uh, 15 years ago okay. when the first court verdict, uh, progressive court verdict, was issued by the single criminal judge of Betrun in 2009, who basically said uh, homosexuality is not against the order of nature. Oh, wow. I, as a, as a judge, cannot say what uh, is against the order of nature. This is a philosophical concept. Yeah. Uh, even if uh, he, he went further, but, but I mean, I, um, it shows a little bit the absurdity of the text because that judge went further uh, uh, stating that even if a man kills, can I really say that this is against human nature? Because yeah. it's really part of human nature. Yeah, so exactly. nothing really a, a man, a capital M, a person yeah. does is really against uh, nature. nature. This yeah. is not something that I can uh, apply and basically exonerated two persons being uh, prosecuted before him yeah. based on that article. So what kind of evidence was presented in, in, in court for them to incriminate same-sex relationships? Like how were they able to prove it? I don't... I, Hey, that's a very interesting question, actually. And there's, uh, it brings me to a, a, a huge thing that happened uh, uh, um, a couple of years ago. So basically, to start with, prosecution can start based on very little evidence. Yeah. I'm on the major evidence that, has yeah. been, that was used for a couple of years. Okay. Uh, basically, either uh, they find someone looking a little bit feminine and they arrest them. In one case, a mother basically uh, uh, complained about her son to the police station in the north that he was like uh, using makeup or whatever and they came and they arrested him based on that he was later exonerated for lack of evidence but the prosecution started based on that in another case they basically arrested people because they saw one of the guys in the car had his uh, 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 pants unbuttoned so this was evidence that you were like basically going oh <laughs> you, you, you were preparing for intercourse yeah. or whatever in another case, they even arrested people for uh, having a lot of condoms. Interestingly, <laughs> one of the one of the cases, actually, interestingly, one of the cases. So basically, what? Uh, be before I go back to the evidence, uh, 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 the decision of 2009 
created the first precedent that was followed up years later by two other decisions uh, before I speak uh, before talking about the fourth one by two other decisions in 2014 and 19 that went into the same direction basically stating that homosexuality is not against the order of nature and exonerating people so basically uh, uh, telling that I um, the judge saying that I will not apply article 54 on those people but in one of those cases one of the uh, one of the evidences used to prosecute was uh, uh, one guy wearing uh, female clothes and they arrested a woman with him not based on article 534 for uh, 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 doing prostitution and the evidence was the fact that she had a lot of condoms with her so the judge says that no women have the right to have sex and she has the right to use uh, 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 contraceptive uh, contraceptives in order to protect herself Having so condoms on you does pleasure. not make you a yeah. prostitute and oh therefore exonerated that person. But the prosecution started based on that. It's absurd. It's ludicrous, really. But it goes it's to show... It's such a waste of time and resources as well. Of course. Oh and this God. is something we can get to. Of course, it's a, <laughs> a waste of resources. But it's also the state basically policing our bodies, policing female bodies per se, or anything that is not yeah. uh, basically straight and, and male. Yeah. So, or socially conditioned. Basically. Or so, so socially conditioned. So it really shows how the state views uh, any form of sexuality that is not straight and male. Yeah. Uh, and this case in particular is really evident of this because they arrested somebody who uh, for, yeah. Yeah. For, for being gay, basically. And uh, the woman who was with him accused her of prostitution because she had condoms with her. Oh so it shows the absurdity of the situation. But at the same time, it shows the view the state has on uh, uh, female bodies and, and uh, queer bodies yeah. in general. So this is why it's a very interesting case. Back on evidence, one of the most overwhelming evidences that was used for a couple of years, in addition to uh, uh, people uh, admitting to uh, uh, doing uh, same-sex intercourse, yeah. etc., is the anal test, the anal probes. And I this, was about to ask yeah. you about that. I didn't know how to slide it. <laughs> no pun so, intended. So, so, so this, <laughs> so this was uh, uh, used for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 um, socially, it was called for a while the egg test uh, because people used to think that they would they insert an egg. egg. Yeah. That's not really true. But the reason why this uh, came to be is that uh, uh, um, uh, medical uh, legal doctors uh, uh, who, pra who basically um, undertook such tests used a very old uh, uh, medical book that was written in the late 19th century. Oh my God! Uh, where basically the book <laughs> says that if you didn't have the appropriate uh, uh, pro um, uh, equipments to examine the, the, the anus, use the egg of a chicken. So this is where the oh expression came from, but okay. to my knowledge, it was, it was never used. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. Uh, so basically, this test was used for a couple of years until... Um, Isn't that like uh, considered as a human rights violation? Of course, <laughs> and, and this is where I'm getting to, because until in 2000... And, uh, um, uh, okay, memory fails a little bit, so either 12, 13 or 14, something like this, rather maybe 12. Uh, a couple of guys were play, uh, playing cards in a minivan uh, near the house of a very prominent Lebanese politician. And they were uh, questioned because they were afraid that they might be terrorists or whatever. Yeah. They were literally playing cards. Obviously, when they couldn't find anything with them, they took them to uh, the Hbeish police station or what is referred to as the Hbeish police station. 
and they basically went through every single floor. The Habesh police station, it's commonly known as, as yeah. this, uh, uh, has many specialized bureaus. So you have the morality bureau that basically uh, uh, is specialized in uh, anything that is uh, uh, immoral. Uh, immoral. So this fall uh, under it falls of prostitution, uh, uh, LGBT, uh, uh, sexual intercourse, etc. Uh, you also have like the specialized bureau for narcotics. So they went through every bureau. They, they underwent like uh, tests to see if they if their urine uh, had any yeah. form of drug in it. So they basically wanted to wow. find something. And in the police report, we actually read that because one of the four guys had uh, very soft features. This this was the wording used. They doubted that they would uh, that these guys were gay, and so they forced them to undergo anal probes. All oh of them. my god! Yes. Obviously, I mean, needless to say, anal probes are not a scientific uh, form of yeah. test. They don't prove anything. The only thing they may prove is a situation of rape. Yeah. This is, they would be useful, actually, when there's a situation of rape, but they are not useful to know whether or not a person Someone had has anal had sex. anal intercourse. Uh, so these guys went through that uh, test. And uh, when we discovered this, we actually covered the story uh, because we wanted to, to highlight, the, because we've heard of it before, yeah. but we never had somebody who came out and said, no, I want to talk about it. I went through yeah. this. So we, we covered it and, and we uh, uh, even organized a conference at the Legal Agenda in collaboration with Helen, uh, whose title was The Tests of Shame. I don't know mm -hmm. if you rem remember this, but back then, LBC, one of the major uh, uh, news channels in Lebanon, yeah. picked up on it and covered that uh, story and the conference and uh, used a very famous yeah. news introduction called the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, Rep the Republic of Shame, Jumhuriyat al yeah. that Dima Sadiq ah, yeah, 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 said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, within that introduction of the news, uh, she basically mentions the tests of shame, uh, yeah. which were the inner probes. And this is how it went from a very uh, closed debate within closed circles to, normal, to yeah. a mainstream debate where people were shocked that such uh, tests were being undertaken. It's, 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 to me, it's baffling because it's really, you know, intihik. Of course, and it's a form of torture. And this is this this was the argument. This 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 is not just about gay rights. This is not about LGBT rights. No. This is a form of torture. This is a uh, uh, the state when when uh, when it does tests of that sort. It it, ba it is basically violating international law that it ratified oh uh, and adhered to, yeah. uh, 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 notably concerning uh, torture. That's in the, yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and so because of that uh, controversy and because it was covered by the mainstream media, and I really think one of the main reasons why there was such a, uh, a public outcry, uh, outcry for this, because uh, people did not really see it as a, a gay rights issue, but rather as a, uh, something that, uh, that is related to uh, anti-torture. So yeah. and I, 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 this was part of it, obviously. But the public outcry and the fact that it was covered by the mainstream media at a time where the mainstream media was also changing its narrative when it came to uh, the LGBTIQ community. Yeah. So even changing wordings. I, I, again, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, uh, before a certain period of time, the mainstream media used to uh, either um, uh, cover LGBTIQ rights in a very derogatory way yeah, it was and use derogatory terms. So they used to use the word faggot, for instance, shaz, shuzuz al jinsi. So this was yeah. wide, widely used until they switched and you had a more policed form of yeah. uh, uh, language. Mujtama al Mujtama or Al-Misliyin. They started with Al-Misliyin. Mujtama yeah. al is more, <laughs> is more master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 
and so so basically uh, they started using more neutral terms yeah. that were not derogatory so the public outcry basically led to for i think the first time in its history in that regard the public prosecution issued like yeah. a memorandum the 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 uh, public prosecutor at the level of the supreme court of the court of cassations in lebanon okay. issued uh, a memorandum basically stating that uh, uh, the the police stations should not uh, practice such tests because they uh, contravene with a lot yeah. of uh, international obligations Lebanon uh, yeah. uh, should abide by. Uh, it wasn't directly applied. Um, Do we know if it's still? Uh, it's not, as far as I know, because at, uh, the the public prosecutor had to issue two memorandums in the, uh, in order for it to be applied. Uh, another memorandum was issued by the uh, Lebanese uh, uh, Order of Physicians that mm -hmm. basically banned doctors from oh, wow, doing okay. those tests and, and said that if any doctor uh, 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 makes you undergo a test like this, you should you uh, tell us about it, etc. Which we did. With one of the doctors, we actually filed a complaint to the Lebanese Order of F Physicians stating that this doctor is violating yeah. your memorandum, is violating the public prosecution's memorandum, etc. In addition to him basically participating in an act of torture. Yeah. And this doctor was uh, 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 transferred to the Council of Disciplines, uh, oh, wow. discipline inside the order. Discipline, but in how? Would, would By the order of physicians. But uh, would, so what happened? Do you know what happened to the doctor? Did he like? Did they take his license away? Did they put him in jail? Or uh, he? Did, they did not put him in jail for sure. I'm not sure <laughs> for they, sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure they put, uh, they took his license uh, again. This was a while ago. Honestly, okay. I don't remember. Uh, okay. the, 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 yeah. I don't want to say something I'm not really yeah. sure of. Okay. Uh, but but for sure, I, I think he he received a warning or something like this. Okay. So I guess like now we're talking to, about court cases and we're talking about, you know, we're a segue are doing a segue through this conversation. So we were talking a little a little before we started uh, the podcast about the role of the judge in our society yeah. today in modern society. What what has shifted in your opinion? OK, so this here we come to my favorite part <laughs> of this story. Uh, OK, so as I mentioned, so in 2009, we had the first verdict that basically stated that uh, homosexuality is not against the order of nature, therefore uh, the judge exonerated uh, the, the person being prosecuted before him. Then we had, like, uh, after the first precedent, two other verdicts, landmark rulings in 2014 and 16 mm -hmm. from the single criminal judges of uh, Jdeide, of Metin. Okay. Two different judges, so Judge Dahdah and Judge uh, Al-Kuntar, who issued also yeah. landmark uh, verdicts in that uh, regard. Uh, those verdicts were covered by the media, they were covered by us, by other uh, news outlets, and so there was a backlash from the regime. And when I say the regime uh, from a political point of view, yeah. I mean anything that really represents the regime. So, so including the fact that within the judiciary you have the higher council of magistrates uh, that oversees basically yeah. judges in Lebanon and their work. <clears throat> you have the Ministry of, of Justice, you have uh, all of this represents the regime. And, yeah. and so this shift in, in jurisprudence, this shift in, in court cases really threatened the status quo. And so there was a backlash from the regime. It was first, um, the first instance I can mention was uh, in 2016, right after that verdict, there was a conference, a conference organized by the, uh, the Catholic Center uh, for media, Majlis mm -hmm. uh, Al-Alim, in collab uh, collaboration with the Higher Council of Magistrate, mm -hmm. who uh, was uh, com uh, um, whose members were completely different back then. So I, I'm okay. not speaking about the current council, Higher Council of Magistrates. Okay. Back then, you had different members, mm -hmm. a different president, etc., who was uh, uh, known to be a bit more uh, conservative. And so one of the members of the 
Council of Magistrate, a high-ranking judge, uh, took part of the conference. The title of the conference was Faggotry in Lebanon. So again, using a very derogatory term. Uh, and so within that conference, that judge basically intervened and said stuff like very classic stuff like God created Adam and Eve, oh. blah, blah, blah. And that, but the most dangerous part was when he said, judges uh, are, uh, ought to apply the law. They're not supposed to interpret it or develop it or uh, basically think about it. They, the law is clear and they should, should just apply the, the law. And this was very dangerous. Why? Because it was very reductive of the role of judges in modern society. The, isn't, the rule of, isn't the role of the judge is to create these instances of jurisprudence of course. And, and then have people like... What, what of is course, he, this is the role of the judiciary oh in a country. God. This is the role... I mean, many roles, but yeah, yeah. one, one of, of the two major roles of the judiciary is to, uh, to basically, because it's one of the powers that constitute a republic, yeah. is to uh, counter balance other powers one two is to interpret and develop the law especially in a country where the legislator has been unbelievably lazy <laughs> i mean we have laws that uh, date back like 60 70 years that were not developed since and the, uh, the legislator has been especially lazy when it comes to socioeconomic rights oh when it comes to civil rights and the judiciary played a major role in this in terms of violence Incredible. against women, in terms of labor rights, in terms of refugees' rights, in terms of LGBTIQ rights, of persons who use drugs, etc., 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 of the disappeared during the Lebanese war. The judiciary played the major role and in developing... Like marginalizing everyone else exactly. but them. Exactly. Oh and this God. was the danger. So when we t tell judges, no, your role is to apply the law, basically in a couple of years, we could replace judges by machines of production of uh, uh, rulings. We wouldn't need judges, right? So this was the danger. And unfortunately, that same year, there was another uh, court case. And this shows uh, how much the regime was, uh, there was Going really a backlash there, yeah. from the regime. There was another court case uh, at the court, uh, the felonies court in Beirut. So again, the felonies court in Beirut is like a higher ranking court, major court, uh, 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 presided back then by a, 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 a certain judge, a good judge, mind you, but not yeah. in that case. Um, uh, so the absurdity of that case was that there was a guy who was murdered. Uh, they called upon his friends who were having dinner with him the night before. His friends had have nothing to do with the murder, so they are just witnesses mm -hmm. who were having dinner uh, with him the night before his murder. Okay, so basically, uh, the case is about a murder. Yeah. The prosecution, who just took the statement of the murdered person's friends, decides that it's appropriate to actually uh, prosecute them based on Article 534 in the same file as their friend's murderers. Can you imagine this? So basically, it was not separate files. The same exact file, they're prosecuting the murderers of their friend. Uh, and then in parallel, again, same file, they're prosecuting the witnesses, his friends, for being gay, based on Article 54. Can you imagine the absurdity of the situation? nothing to do with each other. It's completely different. Absolutely. I don't see how they considered that it was connected to one another. There is no connexity at all. Regardless, oh they were prosecuted. Another layer is that none of them actually was caught during an act of intercourse. They, they just, just said that dinner. they identify as gay. This is oh it. My God. 
again, prosecuted based on Article 534. If you remember, we said even if you wanted to have a very conservative um, approach to that article, there is a minimum of, of conjunction of intercourse that should be there. Yeah. Wasn't there. Just They just admitted. One of them didn't even admit anything. It was just prosecuted by association. My they God. go before the felonies court. Part of the defense was that none of these, there's no evidence against them. Uh, the court basically uh, uh, follows up on this, issues a verdict condemning the murderers, obviously, but also the murdered person's friends based on Article 54 for the mere fact that they admitted being gay, no evidence whatsoever about anything, uh, and uh, stating stuff like, uh, in order for me not to prosecute them based on that article, I need the law to change, and the law is very clear for me. And so, <gasps> yeah. So this was basically, this also represented the regime's backlash on the previous verdicts that were issued in that regard. But so were they charged? Yeah, they were. Were they taken to jail? No, it was, oh. uh, uh, it was like, a, 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 a like they had to pay a penalty, but I mean, the, uh, theoretically, to, yeah. theoretically, the court could have uh, jailed them for up to one year because this is what Article 54 states. It's oh my God. But it is the way it is, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so, the interesting thing is that amongst the younger generation of judges, yeah. there was also a counter-reaction because okay. these judges, I mean, a lot of them are very passionate about their work. They, yeah. they love being judges. And, and it's, uh, uh, again, there's a certain role that the judiciary can play, in a, especially in a country like Lebanon, yeah. because, because uh, um, another form of democracy we can think of, instead of thinking of the, uh, the classical form of democracy where uh, uh, social issues are uh, presented before parliament that yeah. discusses them and uh, improve laws. Obviously, we barely have this in order. I, I could say that we don't have it at all, but yeah. I'm going to say that. Uh, we barely have this here. Uh, we have a very lazy legislator on yeah. social issues, on economic issues, on several issues. Do you think he's just lazy because he's lazy or do you think it's because, because it's not a priority and like there's absolutely no... And no, encouragement, not encouragement. He embodies the state, so there's no willingness to actually change anything. After the last elections, yeah. it may not be the same. There's some hope for change, uh, yeah. maybe very little, but there is some hope. Uh, but before that, and part of the status quo right now, is the fact that uh, it's the regime that is basically being represented, whether at parliament, so it's... it's mm. uh, uh, the different political parties that are part of that regime. Again, I, we can we can say. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to say the the, the 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 mafia, but I can say the oligarchy, for instance. Mm. So it's uh, it's uh, the, these um, couple of families and and people and their groups who are basically um, uh, whose power reach either the banking system or yeah. the economic system or the political system. They are either ministers or MPs, etc. So, so it's more or less the same class yeah. of people. I think it, it would be more accurate because this is what Hamad Zbib refers to and what Fawaz Trabulsi refers to as the oligarchy. And yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense to refer to them as this because uh, we're not going to get into this right now. I don't think they're very representative of the mm -hmm. Lebanese population because the way elections are held in Lebanon. That's true. Uh, because uh, and it's not just about corruption; it's also about structurally how elections are yeah. uh, uh, made to be in places uh, uh, you've never been to, maybe because you're registered at I don't know what which village, mm -hmm. and they're made in a certain way on purpose 
for to limit, to, yani, to, to limit and yeah. to have some sort of control because what basically I mean this is we're going off topic here but but uh, very briefly uh, what basically reunites people from a very remote village in Lebanon other than the tomb <laughs> this is where they get buried or land ownership if they yeah. own land there so basically municipalities in those countries and the, in these remote areas are more like syndicates of land owners yeah, than, than anything actual, else yeah. Because most, uh, because of uh, centralization in Lebanon, uh, uh, for historical reasons, uh, yeah. for uh, because of urbanization a lot, a lot of people are yeah. not really connected to their uh, uh, village of origin, barely know it, uh, barely go there, with a few exceptions, obviously. So this this may explain why since the 60s, yeah. the the uh, rate of participation in the election roughly is around 20%, with a few exceptions here yeah. and there. Yeah. So. Again, this is why I cannot really say that this class of people yeah. is representative. I mean, again, there, there, we can really uh, analyze differently the last elections for various reasons, but I, I don't think it's that. I mean, and yeah. there was a little bit of change, but it's not really representative. Yeah. Anyway, so based on that, we can say that, yes, the leg- it explains a little bit why the legislator has been lazy on such issues, because they cater to a certain, a certain audience that is their people, their peers, yeah. uh, the, the, the part of the oligarchy. This is what they care about. Uh, 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 societal, uh, uh, civil, economic issues are not like really part of their priority. The and yeah. this is where the judiciary came in. This is where the judiciary played a major role back when we didn't have a law on uh, violence against women, when judges were in the yeah. uh, 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 were upfront about it and issued uh, landmark rulings about it without the existence of a law, when judges are issuing landmark rulings about yeah. labor rights, where, where we are still dealing with a labor law that dates back to the 1940s. Yeah. Uh, again, they played, one of the major examples is uh, the law on, uh, is the uh, uh, case of the disappeared during the civil war, excuse me, during the Lebanese war, we don't yeah. really say civil war, during the Lebanese war, uh, where the judiciary basically issued a landmark ruling in 2014, yeah. creating the right to know, the concept of the right to know for the families of the disappeared. Then the legislature issue, uh, issued a special law for the okay. disappeared. So the judiciary came first, not they the other to. way around. Yeah. This is the importance of the role of the judiciary in Lebanon. And, and when I say there's another form of, ex- of democratic expression yeah. that can happen through the judiciary, with four actors, basically the judge, the yeah. lawyer, the plaintiff or the defendant, and the media. Yeah. And together, they use the judicial platform to uh, uh, generate public debate about certain social issues and sometimes uh, uh, yeah. uh, issue rulings and verdicts that uh, create certain, uh, certain progress, mm. uh, judicial progress on that given issue and basically okay. uh, develop the law. So this is the importance of the mm. role of the judge. In 2016, when that ruling was issued, yeah. it basically was very reductive of the role yeah. of the judiciary. And then there was a reaction from younger okay. judges. Okay. Did I go so on? <laughs> yeah, no, so actually, it's it's a very important thing that you're saying here, um, because it's an important like it's a, a great segue to what I wanted to ask about next because. You're saying younger judges, so I'm assuming I'm taking it from like a generational point of view. And then I'm also talking, trying to come into my own personal experience. So I live abroad. I've been abroad for 10 years. Obviously, you know, I've I've been a little bit disconnected from the culture. But in the last three years, I started really getting into it and doing my research. And when I came here in the summer, I really saw like a very big shift in mindset. And that's something that I keep talking to people about because 
in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, in the last two years, I've been to so many different queer events, to different drag shows, to, to seeing, you know, my, my queer friends being completely out and, you know, more comfortable wearing nails and makeup in public or, or wearing, you know, feminine outfits. Um, and that I really perceived it in the summer and I saw, okay, this is, I, I know that we're a minority, you know, I know that the, the type, this type of mindset is a minority in Lebanon, but I did see the shift. However, the shift is not uh, reflecting from, you know, the state point of view. So when it, when it mm. comes to like policies, when it comes to um, uh, openness from, from that regard. And it showed in 2022, the summer, when, you know, the Minister of Interior came out and he started really threatening a lot of these spaces or uh, queer spaces or queer events during, you know, Pride Month and whatnot. So I think that's why it's an interesting segue to this, because I, you know, I want to really ask like, what happened in the summer that prompted this decision and yeah like where did it, where did it yeah <clears throat> you're right i mean it's not really echoing at the level of the yeah. state but i wouldn't really say the same about the judiciary and here we have a shift because again okay. the judiciary is part of uh, one of the powers yeah. uh, that constitute the republic but there is a shift a huge shift between the judicial power and the executive power mm -hmm. today but before i get there because after the 2016 backlash there was a, 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 a counter reaction from the judiciary yeah. Uh, uh, in 2017 and 18, yeah. when uh, a verdict uh, issued also by a single criminal ju judge in Jday, the very important verdict uh, said, no, this is not my role as a judge. I'm not going to just apply the law. Yeah. And for the first time, issued a verdict uh, using another article of the criminal law, Article 183, that basically states that uh, uh, any act un uh, undertaken by a person in the exercise of a natural right does not constitute a crime. And this mm. article has been used in terms of uh, refugee cases, etc., and was used this time by, by this judge to basically exonerate people based on Article 534. Oh it's, it's an important uh, uh, verdict. Why? Because instead yeah. of using the negative, uh, stating that homosexuality is not against the order of nature, he used a positive ap approach to say that Homosexuality yeah. is the exercise of a natural right. So it's a reappropriation oh, of nature to that. basically uh, 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 thrust uh, Article 54 mm. and say, no, I'm not going to apply it on, on these people. But the other uh, uh, part of his verdict was very important because he said, my role as a judge in modern society is not to merely apply the law. My role as a judge is to Interpret basically protect, yeah. uh, to be a guardian of personal freedoms and liberties and to protect minorities from, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. uh, minorities from the opinion of majorities. Otherwise, ah. we would be in a, in a dictatorship of the majority, yeah. right? Wow. This is what democracy is about. Wow. This is what republic is about. It's, it's, is to, to not to say, for instance, because we were talking about this before we started shooting, not to say that, oh, this is not a priority right now. Yeah. Who says what is a priority? It's, it's not just what affects the majority. On the contrary, for the marginalized, for the vulnerable, for the minorities, this is a priority yeah. because you are basically threatening their, uh, their very existence. Yes, their day so to it day, is an yeah. absolute priority and it's not up to you to decide. When you want to think in terms of republic, in terms of democracy, of state building, you cannot think in that in those terms. You need to yeah. think of like the particularities of those minorities and marginalized groups. Exactly. The decision of that judge was um, uh, appealed by the prosecution. <laughs> but again, for the very first time in our we history, the forward, Court of Appeal yeah. actually said that homosexuality is not against the order of nature and Article 54 is not applicable here. And this was the first wow. time we received a verdict from a high ranking court like this. 
Cut to a couple of years later. So this, this is like, like very up high, we're good. There's such an evolution in the judiciary. And then we have a minister of interior like Bassam Maulawi who came to power. And for a reason or another, I mean, I think there was some sort of pressure from a religious group or so he says yeah. in his memo. Uh, Why is it, wh- when is it never uh, uh, right? I, I mean, I, 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 and again, yeah, since yeah, when no. religious? Uh, I mean, this is a, a, a secular state, freedoms, as far yeah. as I know. It's not yeah. a religious state. Yeah, I don't really see why religious people would intervene in, in state policies yeah. and, and and laws. Regardless, uh, I mean, he used many arguments. Part of it was yeah. uh, we, we'll get to that. Part of it was a potential threat on those groups. Part of it was put, uh, pressure from religious uh, mm. um, groups. Anyway, so the outcome of that memo, what happened in 2022, was that in uh, the months of June, which is Pride Month, uh, a little bit yeah. all around the globe, there were a certain type of activities that were organized in Lebanon. We're not t- talking about like a, a, a parade. We're no, talking just like about little events, like here conferences, and there, yeah. uh, movies. Um, uh, I don't know, discussion groups, uh, theater, there was a bunch of activities yeah. that were organized by uh, more than one uh, entity that works on LGBTIQ rights or queer rights, etc., or even uh, 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 feminist collectives, etc. And so it, it happened to be during the month of June, and the Minister of Interior got to know about this and issued a memorandum, a very dangerous memorandum. Again, we're speaking about a crumbling state here. Yeah very dangerous memorandum, basically ordering the police forces. Uh, I'm vulgarizing a little bit what uh, the memorandum says. Uh, 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 ordering police forces to basically ban any form of uh, congregation or any form of conference or a groupment of uh, 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 the gay community or yeah. people who, will, who want to tackle that issue. So not necessarily the gay, gay community, yeah. but even uh, be it Allies, a- academics yeah. who want to tackle that issue to basically ban it. Stating in his memorandum that uh, uh, so, so, so um, in general terms ban any form of uh, groupment of that sort, and ordering directly police forces to stop that uh, type of event, and it is dangerous on so many levels that memorandum because one, the type of targeting it does, and the fact that it contradicts all the evolution we saw with the judiciary when it, ca- when it came yeah. to Article 534. The fact that it's targeting a specific uh, co- community, uh, 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 banning them from their freedom of expression. We're not speaking about sexual rights here. We, uh, we're speaking also about f- freedom of expression, expression yeah. etc. Freedom of association. We're speaking about many freedoms that have yeah. a constitutional value that are being infringed upon by that minister. Plus, and this is the more dangerous part of the memorandum, the way his memorandum was written is an infringement on the legislative power because Mm -hmm. you cannot, as a member of the executive power, Minister of Interior, draft a memorandum in those broad terms that basically um, uh, impedes on an essential freedom, an essential liberty that is constitutionally protected, like the freedom to come and go, the freedom of association and of expression. This is only done by a law. This is only done by the legislator. So you're basically violating the legislative power. Furthermore, by giving a direct order to the police forces, this is infuriating, really. By, By giving a direct order to the police forces, Police forces cannot act without a judicial yeah, order. Exactly. The prosecutor in Lebanon is a form of judge. They cannot arrest someone 
or, without, or, yeah. or, or move or, or basically interrogate someone without taking the prior approval of the prosecutor who is a judge or any other judge. Yeah. So by giving direct orders to, to the uh, po police yeah. forces, you're basically annulling the entire profession of, ju of, uh, of the judiciary be uh, and impeding on the judicial power. Oh this God. is why it was su such a dangerous memorandum. It's like belittling their power, like they don't even exist. And yes, I'm just going to go it's, over this, you this because is like, this is who I am. This is the this doorway is to totalitarian. Total, 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 oh. Okay. Yes, the door to, to this and we were saying this when when the memorandum was first issued it doesn't just concern the LGBTIQ community it it's starts there it's gonna go further <laughs> and we saw this very recently when he issued a very similar memorandum basically telling police forces not to uh, uh, execute arrest warrants issued by uh, uh, a judge in, in, in um, yeah. following up on on bank uh, on uh, prosecuting banks for uh, yeah. for for what happened in Lebanon. So, it, it, he is really widening widening the scope of his powers, and it's unbelievably dangerous. Yeah. This is how democracy dies. How can we? What can we do? You know, as what we did. Yeah. We what we did was basically we uh, appealed that decision before the state council. The yeah. state council is the a body of the judiciary that is specialized in uh, uh, any form of um, uh, cases that uh, where the state is your opponent. And because the minister of uh, minister of interior represents the, the state, state yeah. so the state is our opponent. We challenged that the, uh, that memorandum before the state council, who issued again a verdict, basically uh, 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 stating again I'm vulgarizing here. Uh, uh, um, stopping the execution of that memorandum, basically st uh, do, p putting a halt it, yeah. on, on uh, not annulling it per se, but pausing, putting, uh, pausing uh, the execution of, of that memorandum, indirectly annulling it, yes. Uh, so yeah, and this was a, a, a successful verdict that uh, yeah. that the state council issued. However, that minister, a couple of months later, so after the state council's uh, 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 verdict yeah. was issued, issued another memorandum, yet again banning other conferences in terms of uh, that were tackling uh, yeah. gay rights. That for me is just. And so again, so, the natural course yeah. of things would be to appeal again, but. It's exhausting because because you are dealing with a regime that does not respect yeah. the judiciary at all. Yeah. Uh, that does not respect minorities. This is the least we can say. But yeah. that does not respect the re, uh, the judiciary at all. That doesn't want judges to be independent yeah. because uh, an independent judiciary to them is a direct threat to their own existence. This is why when we saw that the Lebanese pound plummeted and and the yeah. the uh, uh, salaries of judges became worthless, basically. Uh, th there was no action taken in order to counter uh, uh, effect that that yeah. reality because, they because it's very yeah. convenient as uh, convenient as a reality. We're seeing judges basically leaving the country, very good judges, mind you, leaving the country because there is no future here anymore. Yeah. And we we see a parliament that has refused for years to uh, vote on the uh, law on the independence of ju ju uh, the judiciary that exists since uh, uh, I don't know 2018 yeah. or 2019. Uh, and again, in 2019 and uh, after 17 October, one of the major demands on the street was, was the, yeah, we want an independent, independent judiciary. judiciary system. Yes, it's true. So it's, it's still it's, it's still the main the main point because once you have an independent judiciary system, you start really tackling like what you need. Exactly, because again, the judiciary yeah. the, the judiciary's main two roles is to uh, uh, counter the uh, the uh, as a counter power to the two other powers, which is the parliament, yeah. the legislative power, and the yeah. executive power. So it is a major threat to the regime because yeah. contrary to the ex executive and the parliament 
It's not owned by the regime. I mean, yeah. you have a couple of judges here and there who are close to political yeah. parties, but, but there's a lot of judges in yeah. Lebanon. A lot of them are independent and are passionate about their work. Yeah, so 100%. it's very dangerous. And, 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 and the judiciary is our guarantee for social evolution, for economic evolution, for cultural yeah. evolution in terms of uh, social issues and causes. The, the regime really doesn't want that. I guess, I mean, so this is where I guess I, I come to like my last couple of questions and I kind of want to talk to you about or take your um, opinion on where you think the LGBTQ community is, if it, uh, first of all, is it progressing and where is it going to? And I think also I really want to kind of reopen the subject about, you know, uh, parliamentary elections, uh, the change MPs, quote unquote, I have to quote it now because we can't really say change MPs anymore without it. Um, because we were talking about this a, a little bit ago, um, you know, after the elections happened, one of parliamentary members that were supposed to be a part of the change community, uh, or let's say the change narrative that had already been vetted, you know, already been vetted by a couple of, um, by, by groups uh, uh, that were working on the parliamentary elections on LGBTQI rights, and you know, an interview was released a couple of later after the elections. He he came no. He said no. I don't believe that they deserve rights or that they deserve mm. you know their rights and freedoms in Lebanon. And he's part of these thirteen uh, change MPs. So now, is it like where do we go from here? Is it really progress with these types of people that are coming into power? Mm. Um, and it also challenges the narrative of, okay, what is a priority these days? Is LGBTQI, you know, a priority for us? Or is it, you know, my kahrabab, you know, livelihood? And this is where the narrative, this is where also I feel like people that are also open-minded, that are very accepting of this community and are, you know, friends and allies and everything also are stuck on this point. Is it, what is our priority? And I think also, obviously, it's coming from a place of privilege because they're not part of that community. They're just right. allies. So they don't, <laughs> they, don't, they don't feel the hardships of it every day. And like, they don't, you don't, they don't fear for their lives every day almost. But Sanjad, where do we go from here? After talking about all of this, where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, I think if, if, there is, if there is something that was proven after uh, the 17th of October is that mo all of our causes are really intersectional. Oh we can't really separate them from one <laughs> Cannot another. Cannot be more true. Right? Fa, fa, this is where we go from here. And when we speak about LGBTIQ plus rights, we're also speaking about women's rights. We're also speaking about the, the independence of the judiciary. We're speaking about all of this. And it's a, and it's a fight really for our future, for, for preserving or getting back what we um, uh, uh, dream of in terms of what type of state do we want, want what type of republic do we want, etc. Yeah. Right now we have a, a very crumbling state, uh, a, a dying democracy, an almost unexisting republic. And, and this is a common cost across the board. Yeah. How to fight it? I'm not really sure. And I think in one of the... Um, uh, fallacies we fell into is that putting a lot of uh, energy and a lot of hopes actually not yeah. energy and effort a lot of hope uh, in the elections and for the reasons I mentioned during that episode I, 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 with the current uh, elec election laws the, the structural uh, uh, flaws that exist in it 100%, yeah. it's not the it's only not the right solution way to to, not to say you know, it's not the solution but it's not the only solution for sure yeah the, the way to, to get to, to to do any form of change unfortunately I mean I, I know people are tired of hearing this but it's to fight for it yeah uh, to, to fight for it all 
مش yeah. انه uh, not to the causes no, no hey, when, when the LGBTIQ plus community is, is fighting for their rights members who are not part of that community should get allied yeah. to them and anyways, fight for them because they're fighting for the same thing at exactly. the end of the day it and, and I, I mentioned it before the memorandum of 2022 the first one that was yeah. issued basically against the LGBTIQ plus community this is how it starts yeah. Michelle, it's only targeting that community yeah. and preuve on it, no, no, the, the proof to this is that a couple of months later right now like a, couple, uh, a few weeks ago he issued another memorandum uh, completely uh, on a totally different subject Uh, giving an order to the police forces not to apply judicial orders. This is great. We're also seeing the same, the exact same thing in the probe um, regarding the Beirut uh, blast and what has happened to the investigation in the Beirut blast. So we cannot really separate these causes because all of them come down to the fact that we are fighting for the existence of a state, of a republic, of a democracy that we want uh, uh, to, to live in. Otherwise, We leave the country to them. Who are the ones who are actually really taking it further? It was the LGBTQ community, it was women, and it was migrant workers. Absolutely, and we saw this on the street. Exactly, they were the the front rows. They were the ones who continued it after people got bored and went back home because they were the ones that had nothing left to lose anymore. And the thing is, if the change starts with them, it's, it's... But if once they get their rights, everyone gets their rights. That's the thing. They're like one step ahead, you know? And no... I understand. I mean, come in. To be fair, I completely understand that people are sick and tired of this. They're sick and yeah. tired of the, everything they're receiving from uh, uh, from the state in this country, yeah. from the regime in this country. But again, it's a frustrating answer. It's not the nicest yeah. answer when one would want to, he- to hear. But we don't really have another choice. Yeah. Otherwise, if you have the means, go. But but this is not something I would uh, pr- promote. Why, yeah. Fight for this country, fight for the state. Yeah. No, it's not nationalism, but fight for this country. And it's overtaken. It has been overtaken for decades yeah. by this oligarchy. What would be left of it? Nothing. Nothing. It's it's a mafia state. Nothing. Yeah. It's not even a state. It's it's anarchy. For, for in order to fight for that state, we do it in all means that are possible. In everything we can do, we know how to do. We do it every day. At least if they want to take that country over, and they're really trying to. Let's not give it, give it to them, them for free, on, like a, on a silver yeah, plate. Let's, yeah, let's, let's make least, it hard for them to Let's make it at least a challenge, you know? Karim, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. I hope we can collaborate on another thing soon yeah. and like even you know, talk about this further because I think there's so much to say. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, follow, and we'll see you on another uh, show next week or in a couple of weeks.